Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series. The countdown to green on RadioLeMans.com. Very warm welcome to Paul Ricard, a sunny Paul Ricard in the south of France. And thankfully, what was a very strong wind yesterday has now abated, which should generate a really good race. The teams may need to tweak the setup a little bit, though, because they've been getting a fair old tailwind down the Mistral Strait. Very different conditions today, but temperature in the air is good. It's Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones taking you through the fourth round, then, of the European Le Mans series, the four hours of Le Castellet at Paul Ricard and uh, another decent lineup 10 P2s 4 from P3 and then we've got 13 GT cars spread over GTE and GTC Bruce and championship really starting to hot up now some people are here merely to win this race others are thinking about the long game definitely are and something that's really come into the mix is AF racing if you've not realised what's happened in the past few days SMP racing they've run their really good looking BR01 chassis been on Michelin tyres. They've just changed to Dunlop. I think they needed the cha- name change to AF Racing to do so. But they're second and third on the grid. And Nicola Minasso in particular was really throwing his around wide over the curbs. He has to do it. And he said to people, this team has to win with this chassis because the period for LMP2 is coming to a close. And they are going all out for it this weekend. I think the term was, we're not going to be, we, we are not risk averse. They're going for it big time. And Mikel Alishin moved up to third place in the final moments of qualifying. Who's on pole position? Harry Tinknell. Well, we're quite accustomed to that. He is the master of the Jota Sport car. But it was just over a tenth of a second. That's all his advantage over Nicola Minassi on the BR01. So we're seeing a change in the landscape there. Um, You alluded to the wind. Yesterday, it was gaining cars 20 kph of top speed down the back straight. Instead of 280 as they approached scene, a corner the top driver should take flat. They were hitting 300 kph, and then they have to hang on around the right. But when the wind was blowing in practice... It gave them all sorts of problems. It was really blowing the cars very hard around the corner. Today, much easier in qualifying. Harry Tinknell nailed it. But on our timing screens, Johnny, we saw quite a few messages about exceeding track limits, and two of those were against Harry Tinknell. We never saw him go off the track. He's convinced he didn't. Anyhow, pole position stands, but certainly the stewards will be looking at, and that could be a factor in the race. I think we'll have some drive-through penalties. Yeah, Tink's really made his name last year for being the qualification specialist. That's now three in the in a row for Jota uh, at Imola Red Bull Ring and now here at Paul Ricard. But certainly the run from the, the AF Racing BRO1 had Harry Tinknell worried on that final lap because it was uh, Manassian who sat at a really good first sector time. And yes, uh, the guys are recently renamed AF Racing may not be risk averse you get the sense that possibly people like Jota Sport and TDS Racing will be thinking championship and may be taking it slightly more easily it might be wise actually to let the BRO1s go because they're not in the championship it might be wise but we're talking racing drivers they don't want anyone to go past and I don't know who haven't found out yet who's starting uh, the Jota Sport Gibson they've got to consider this but don't forget this is the first race for the BR01s on Dunlop rubber they know what they're like in qualifying they did relatively longish runs in practice and look good but I think in race conditions it's, it is going to be a bit of an exploration for them uh, the fact we had to look to Tristan Gomendy 
the Tristan Gomedy down in fourth place in that Orica 05 from uh, Tyrier by TDS Racing. That was quite a surprise, and it shows the changing of the landscape. But expect that car to come on strong in the race. Very good in the straight line. And don't forget the, the run down the Mistral Strait, one of the longest straights we have. Very tightly packed at the top of the P2 Championship battle with Jota from Tyrier by TDS Racing from Greaves Motorsport. And that's a team that really didn't figure in qualifying eighth place within p2 john lancaster setting the times but really didn't happen for the british team no it didn't and in fact what happened they were going out relatively late on in the session and i believe richard bradley told us a short while ago that a cone had been pushed out onto the circuit they're used as marker points on some of the corners at paul ricard it's a very open landscape it's quite hard to spot exactly where the track goes the cone was there got moved out and that brought out yellow flags so anybody going for a quick time at the end uh, got scuppered. That included Richard Bradley, who's come in this weekend to share the Eurasia Motorsport Orica, a car that raced he raced last year for KCMG. Uh, he's showing that with Nico Peter de Bruyne. So they're down in seventh place overall, just ahead of the Greaves Motorsport car. Expect both of those to move up. Um, so yes, they, you know, qualifying is qualifying. Of course, you want to get the point, but I think for those cars, uh, Greaves Motorsport, expect that one to move up the order. That's for sure. You're listening to Countdown to Green ahead of the four hours of Le Castellet, the fourth round of the European Le Mans series with Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones just taking you through the scene set, really, ahead of what should be a great event here in the south of France in a few hours' time. And, well, a very short time, in fact. Uh, we will look to P3 now because it's really been a story of Team LNT. Pace was good for the three car, and it should have been good for the two, but for what we now know is a, a failure on the rear of the car. I spoke to Mike Simpson. You can hear that interview very, very shortly. In fact, a little bit earlier on, we spoke to him. Um, that's easily fixed, we understand, and Mike expects the two car to be on it again. A little bit low on numbers with just the four cars here from P3. Hopefully that's going to really blossom next year, though, and more on the, you know, the new championship. But let's talk about the two and the three first of all. Well, well, they're the class of field, the field they have been all year. I believe it was a, a rear damper problem that uh, Mike had to pull over with. He said the car, I believe, it was handling a bit strangely. But just looking at uh, talking around the paddock, Jacques Nicolet, he's selling a lot of Ligier chassis for the LMP3 element next year. But of course, there's going to be a special, you know, in France, they're adopting it as a championship. So uh, sales figures for these, these companies are going to be big. And, you know, the take up in the States is really starting to gather, gather speed. All we've seen this year is the tip of the iceberg. Yes, we've seen a handful of cars, and don't forget at Imola, a lot of them, they were still putting bits on the car and putting stickers on, and, you know, they arrived very, very late. They've settled down, and certainly for someone like Sir Chris Hoy, it's just been a really useful season for getting his eye in. But the numbers next year, and the chassis variety, that's what I've always loved in sports car racing. It's going to be there next year. And even through the course this year, as you'd expect, late start, but the Ginetta is looking more and more like a pucker racing machine as the season goes on. It's getting sleeker, it's getting lighter, and certainly out around the track it's handling better and better. So yeah, it's it's a project in motion. Bit of a tweak at the 15 squad. What we don't have though, cars 7 and uh, 11, I think it is, we have had at best 6 LMP3 cars. Another manufacturer possibly on the way as well, Ligier displaying their car, weren't they, at Le Mans. So LMP3 could be a real growth market in 2016. I certainly think it will be. Um, talking to the CEO of the European Le Mans series, that Gerard Neveu, yesterday, I was saying, what's your feeling? I'm hearing lots of teams, particularly looking at LMP2, but also LMP3, wanting to come in. What's your best guess for, a capacity, uh, for the top field next year? He said 40 cars. We've got 27 here at, Le Mans, uh, at uh, Paul Ricard. We had the Ibanez racing team 
pull its two LMP2 cars out just ahead of this meeting, but 40 cars. I mean, that just shows the growth of the series. You don't have to wind the calendar very far back to get when we had uh, probably about a third of that. Well, I remember Donington Park, which had about 11 P2s and then three GT cars, I think. Uh, yeah, and we all thought that was the end of the series. And just look at it now. We have 13 GT cars here this weekend, eight in GTE and five in GTC. And as far as qualifying was concerned a bit earlier on today, the 56 team doing the business, but very, very slim margins in the end between Alessandro Piergidi and new cha- new man to the championship at least this year Andrea Bertolini but he is of course defending champion from 14 he made quite a splash in 14 he came here and there but I mean from the first round at Imola when he he took class victory halfway around the final lap we know his caliber I mean that's cutting it fine of course but he's been doing his racing in the WBC this year great to have him back in the championship and I think I think it's testament to how popular the ELMS is that drivers are looking to get back in wherever they can. In, in the GT class, we've had quite a lot of sort of rotation of drivers coming in. But when you've got someone of his calibre coming in, I mean, that, that's, that just says it all to me. But super close. And, and well done, too, to the um, Formula Racing crew. Third fastest. They were right in there in the mix. And good to see Golf Racing UK having a good run with Adam Carroll. Got up to fourth. It's nice to have not just the Ferraris at the top, have the Porsches in there challenging as well. And then you look down to GTC, and it, it's good to have a BMW on the top of the top of the pile there so well done to TDS Racing and that was Franck Pereira very casual he waited until late in the session went out banged it on onto pole position but going well it's very easy to focus on the the prototype class cars in the LMS but we have battling in all four classes Uh, in 2015 the weakest one has been LMP3 not the depth of the field but all the other classes you know you can't tell the person who's leading after one hour are they going to be ahead as we approach the end of the fourth who knows that's the beauty well, the start of the race is just around the corner. 27 cars will be unleashed onto the Paul Ricard asphalt uh, in the next few moments. But there is just time for us to catch up with one or two drivers, one or two uh, team uh, play, key, key players, kind of managers and uh, sporting directors as well down at BRO1. That's an interesting interview, so stick around for that. But we'll actually start. Gerard Naveau was good enough to spare me a few minutes, and we began by discussing a very exciting fixture list for the 2016 season. Gerard, at the end of an exciting Saturday here at Paul Ricard, ahead of hopefully a really entertaining race tomorrow, but the excitement today has been generated by a press conference which reveals not five, but six ELMS races for next year. Exactly. We had the pleasure today to announce the calendar for next year, and I'm sure that my friend John Hindoth from Radio Le Mans will be happy with this one, just because the concept of the ELMS next year will be definitely a celebration for the motorsport and for the fan in Europe. Six race, we are visiting Silverstone, we are visiting Imola, we are visiting Red Bull Ring in Austria, but also Poricard in France, Spa Francorchamps in Belgium, and finally Storin for the final in October. And with this calendar, we will also welcome during the European Le Mans Series next year our friends and partners from Renault with the Formula 2.40 liters and also with the RS01. It means that on the same weekend, the fan would really uh, appreciate one GT race, one tourism race, one single-seater race, and finally the European Le Mans Series with, with a, a four-hours endurance race. So it will be a big, big event every weekend. You can note the progression of this series over the last few years. We've gone from three-hour races to four-hour races, now an extra race for 2016. And I think the event at Red Bull Ring earlier on in the year, which did have a single-seater race, two of them in fact, and touring cars as well, 
uh, just shows the fact that motorsport fans like a mix of different disciplines. Yeah, we have to try to provide a unique event when you are in Europe. You know, it's very easy to understand that, except Formula One and probably WEC now, where the people are ready to pay tickets to come to see the top cars and top drivers. For the rest of the of the motorsport, we have to try to be inventive, creative. And the idea of this weekend is just to make sure that we can welcome all the fans to provide a huge village with entertainment for the people on and off track uh, to have access close to the cars in the paddock to see the drivers to touch the dream and to really enjoy a full weekend and where you can smell the 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 the, the tires and the oil and everything on the track the the the, the pure motorsport that's the idea uh, but also this is perfect to provide a good stage for the drivers because we have to never forget that when you have more than 100 cars like this there is drivers behind the wheel and the idea is that with this sort of agreement between Renault and us, we can imagine that the young driver will have the perspective in front of them about the endurance with an access to the, uh, from single-seater to the LMP3 and LMP2 later, and maybe why not LMP1. I just remind you that Hartley with the Porsche now, or Albuquerque with the Audi now, they are coming from uh, the World Series by Renault before. Mm-hmm. So that means that there is a real story possible, and what we try to do is to just to provide the perfect platform. And the only thing I would like to add is if we can do that, today it's because because since now two or three years our competitors in the lms has had providing an incredible performance on the track there is a good stability on the grid we are now enough strong strong with the partnership with Renault to organize this sort of event around uh, through uh, all around europe Inclusion of Spa kind of needs no explanation, I guess. But and I, I mean this not by a criticism at all. But was there a temptation at any point to extend the footprint of the series? No, I think that seriously, six races is good. Uh, six meeting like this is a good average. Never forget that a part of the LMS Greece and a large part are racing in, in, in 24 of Le Mans, for example. That's the reason that if we can consider that you have the prologue by March, we have one race in April, one in, in May. Mm-hmm. We keep Le Mans, uh, we save Le Mans in, in June. Uh, we have a Red Bull Ring in July, Paul Ricard in August, September Spa, October uh, Estoril. This is very good average. Never forget that this is a, a championship with pro driver, but also with gentleman driver. So we have to make it sure that all the, the members of the family can be happy with sort of program. So that's the reason that this calendar is probably a very good average for everybody. But the venues are quite, quite close-knit. There was no decision to go further east, perhaps, or further north? Is that deliberate to keep them quite contained? Not yet, because the idea is to visit the top circuit in Europe, and I think that these six places are probably uh, in the middle of the top ten of the best venue and the best circuit facilities in Europe. So don't try to find the exotic when you have the, the best. Just close your door. Stay there. It's good. And that seems to be the theme, just finally, from the press conference, is that this series is going fantastically well, so you don't want to break what doesn't need fixing. No, we try to go like this. We try to go to, to grow up together. We try to still establish a good dialogue with the member of the of the paddock, with the partners. We try to find, and you will have some announcement in in Nestoril in in, couple, in four weeks, during the the, the last one of the ELMS, you will have some. Uh, announcement regarding new specificity for next year mm-hmm. and we try to adapt the program and you do, we just try to grab together and to make it sure that everybody feel comfortable. Well, exciting times. I need to remind myself that there's still a four-hour race to come tomorrow but looking forward to that and thank you for the press conference today. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And all the best to the fan and to the people following us on Radio Le Mans. <laughs>
The European Le Mans series on RadioLeMans.com. Simon Dola, Jota Sport. Exciting days ahead. Not just here at Paul Ricard this weekend for the LMS. Just taken pole position with Harry Tinknell, but uh, big plans for 2016. Tell us about them. Yeah, great, great job by Harry. Obviously today, and uh, still two races to go in in 15. But uh, yeah, looking forward to next year. We're doing uh, WEC as well as the LMS. And, uh, you know, we're, we're quite excited about that. We've competed in WEC events for the last three or four years and done very well. We've had a couple of wins, second and a third, obviously winning Le Mans and second last year. So, um, yeah, we feel as though we've got the, uh, the talent. Um, it, it's just been a matter of getting the resources together. And, uh, and we, you know, we kind of we've, we've got that. Um, and so, yeah, the whole team are really excited. It, 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 it is a big step up for the team. Um, I think everybody would admit that it's probably not really a step up in terms of the competition that we've experienced because everything's so strong in ELMS anyway. But, uh, yeah, really, uh, really exciting times, actually. Obviously, both the World Endurance Championship and the European Le Mans Series are series that are really on the up. You talked about having to get the finances together. To, obviously, you're racing an Orica 05 next year, great chassis. We'll come on to that in a second. But how much easier is it to sell the World Endurance Championship now we've got the likes of Porsche back winning things it's sort of the whole thing is on the up it's a perception thing I think um, it's a world championship and that will always surpass a European championship um, obviously there's more races in in, uh, in WEC and there's a guaranteed Le Mans entry so yes it's a more saleable proposition for drivers um, from a sponsor's point of view obviously there's a lot more exposure because we're going to all sorts of different places but you need the right right kind of sponsor for that so yes it's it does give more opportunity but it doesn't it doesn't make it easier now in the initial announcement it says uh, moving up to the WEC but you're staying is that correct in the in the LMS as a driver yeah, personally, I, I will almost certainly be staying in LMS as a driver, and it's more to do with a personal preference than anything else. Um, I enjoy the rounds that we do at Spa, obviously Le Mans, and uh, you know, there's one or two others that I would quite like to do. But for me, it's the, the flyaway races are just simply too much time away from from family and from business and so on. Um, so yeah, I'm really quite happy about staying in LMS and uh, and popping into Spa when we do uh, when we do WEC. Now, you'll be keeping the Gibson for yet another season to do the ELMS, but ELMS, we just touched on it, next year, 2016, six races, but another change, proper support programme, but that means three-day meetings. What are, what are your thoughts on all of that? The three-day meetings, it was a, when, uh, when it was announced yesterday, it was like, oh, you know, there goes the budget, is going to be another... But from what we understand, and talking to Gerard yesterday, that the, the guys will still be coming to the track on the same day, i.e. Thursday. And so... It's not going to cost us an extra €7,000 a meeting for everybody to stay for an extra day. Um, and that was absolutely 100% confirmed from the top. Um, and so we're really happy with that. The only, the only people it affects really, I think, is the drivers. So it means we come down on a Thursday night rather than the Friday morning, which is really no big deal. It's just those who still have jobs, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> I was forgetting about. Um, but even so, I mean, it, it's not a it, it's not a massive change, a budgetary change. You know, if you come in racing, then you've probably got the flexibility from work. So, yeah, that's a very good point. So, just focusing on Paul Ricard, not a track that necessarily suits the Gibson, but uh, great job from Harry there. Yeah, blinding job from Harry, and and a track that evidently does suit the Gibson. All of a sudden, um, it was difficult yesterday 
because we never really got an idea of pace because of the wind was so strong. I mean, we were in testing the week before, we were topping out at about 280 on the main straight. Um, and yesterday, I think Philippe topped out 300. And so it's just such a massive wind effect, which then obviously masks our usual um, sort of lack of straight line speed. But, uh, you know, Harry went purple in all three sectors. And so therefore, you know, we, we must be doing something right. Maybe all of a sudden it does suit or maybe the other got something wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough race. It's going to be close, like they always are. But, yeah, obviously starting on pole gives us the extra point, which I think will be critical this year. But so we've had uh, the BRO1s changing onto Dunlop tyres and they seem to have suddenly found their form. Yeah, although they were quick um, at Red Bull as well. You know, they weren't that far away. And so I think a lot of that is to do with, with tuning the chassis as, as much as the tyres. Um, I know they used two sets in, in quality, so that's going to be interesting from the race. And I'm not sure how they, um, what the long run pace is like. Um, and I don't think they know what the long, long, long run pace is like because obviously they just started on Dunlops. Um, but it's good. It's really good to have these cars. Um, you know, they're quick drivers and quick cars, so it's nice to have a bit of extra competition. Well, that seems to have been the story of ELMS 2014 and 2015. Roll on 2016. It's great to see Joe to Sport making these strides. Thank you very much. The European Le Mans Series on RadioLeMans.com. Paolo Cotoni, all change uh, with the BR01s. You have Dunlop rubber on them for poor Ricard. Yeah. How easy has it been to change? Well, um, there is no fundamental change in the car because uh, the car is homologated like this, so uh, it's just playing in the range of the adjustments that are possible in the setup. And uh, for us, uh, we are still learning because it's the first time that we use really those tires. So uh, we saw that we have one or two sectors where we have to improve, but uh, potentially it's interesting anyway. Now here at Paul Ricard, on the Saturday a lot of wind yeah. this morning Sunday morning just ahead of the race almost no wind how much does that affect the cars and, and your limited uh, time with them you can see that uh, now is close to the theoretical so it's working better <laughs> looking ahead we've just had yesterday the announcement of uh, six races mm-hmm. next year for the ELMS will we see the team back again uh, this is a sporting uh, <laughs> question. I'm technical, so I... Okay, well, let, <laughs> let me just move on to Benjamin Durin. For next year, thank you very much, Paolo. For next year, six races, but each race meeting three days. What, what are your thoughts from the team? Well, it's good improvement of the series. I think uh, the ACO has been working uh, with Jarneveu very hard to uh, improve the series those last years, and we, we see those improvements coming, and we are very pleased with, uh, with what they propose uh, next season, and we're going to work very hard in the winter to be back next year uh, for sure uh, with the car because it's, uh, it's, it's become even... Every, every season, the championship is, is becoming more attractive for the public, for the teams, for everybody, so it's a, it's a successful uh, story, so we want to be part of it still, yes. And what will the team be called next year? We've just had the change from SMP Racing to AF Racing. Do you have an idea? No, it's still uh, an, ongoing, uh, an ongoing process and uh, uh, we, we hope to go back to our roots next season. We will see. Thank you very much, Benjamin. The European Le Mans Series on RadioLeMans.com Mike Simpson is back in the number two Janetta Nissan, the LMP3 car, after a, a round out. You did the first two and you're back here for round four and 
issues during qualifying after the car actually showed pretty good pace for the first few parts of it. What was the problem? Yeah, we've done a lot of work since well, since Red Bull Ring. Uh, and for me, my programme, I've gone away and done a lot of GTs. And I've not done a racing lap of Elms since Silverstone. So uh, it was good to do a programme with Lawrence over the last sort of five weeks. And we found a lot of pace in the car. Uh, and that showed yesterday very comfortably you know, quick and ahead of the GTs, which was where we wanted to be. Um, Qual, I was expecting to run in the 54s. Um, but end of lap one, I was feeling a little bit of strange movement, and um, we had a failure on the on the left rear. So uh, we know why it failed. Um, uh, won't happen again. And um, so yeah, unfortunately, not a true representation of what we could have done. Um, but still, Team LNT won two, and you know, qualifying is important, but it's more of an ego trip than anything else. So in, in LMP3, where there's four cars at the minute, it's just important we've got a good, strong car which will last four hours. Because this place is really tough on cars. The curbs are sharp, sawtooth, and um, you can damage cars very easily here. I'm not sure how much public knowledge this is, and stop me if, if it can't go any further, but is it right that the two chassis have actually switched places from the previous round? That's right. Um, the car myself and Gaetan ran, uh, Imola and uh, Silverstone, we took to Watkins Glen, unfortunately had a rather large crash at Watkins Glen with the IMSA test. Uh, that car was subsequently sold with a, a brand new car to a customer in California. So we've been without a car, and our build line's full still building for customers, so we had to use the Bolton car for Red Bull Ring. Um, but then with Lawrence wanting to get involved in the programme and testing, we we, um, we had to swap cars. We only got one factory car. So uh, Lawrence, obviously, we, we used the, the Hoy car, um, and this this stayed within the fold, really. So both cars are set up identical, and all the upgrades were, were moved across to both cars. This car's gone well in V to V, though, hasn't it, recently, and shown really good pace? Yep. Now, last weekend, Lawrence's first race, really, this year, and... We, you know, we comfortably won it. It was a good test. Very hot, like 33, 34 degrees. Um, and, and, you know, stunning pace, running sort of three seconds down the road of GT and GT3. So we, we know qualifying is difficult in P3 because of the tyre. It's a GT car endurance tyre. With us being 300 kilos lighter, you just can't get the fronts in. But our race pace won't change. So we, we should be a lot stronger than GT. Fortunately, with the regulations, pit stop lens, we will fall behind them at every pit stop. But it should be a good race. We'll be much closer than we normally are. In the 51 garage right now from AF Corsa, this bank of Ferrari 458s that they bring to every European Le Mans series. And it's funny how your mind plays tricks, because I thought, Andrea Bertolini, you'd been in the series this season. But actually, we have to look back to 2014 for the last action in this particular championship. Yeah, we we come back in the championship. It's still a really nice championship where I, we won last year with SMP. Uh, no, it's good. You know, the, the f- it's really nice, the atmosphere on the paddock. So we did the quality this morning. Uh, we finished P2 by three mil, and uh, would be I think would be the really tough race. But you know uh, we are here to to share the car with Peter and Matteo to give uh, to give the our support, the maximum support for the championship, and I will enjoy the weekend. You mentioned last season. I'm just now remembering, first of all, Imola, where you took the race lead on the final lap, I believe. And then, of course, the championship, as you say, for SMP Racing at the final round. What an incredible season that was for you. Yeah, it was really good because, you know, like I told you, I hope also here will be really tough. I will be the last uh, driver in the car in the last hour again. And I will try to do something like in Imola or <laughs> in Estoril because... Uh, I enjoy when I drive the car, the 458, and uh, so will be the last last year of the 458. We have to try to achieve the maximum result of for, with this uh, incredible car, and for the next year we will be focused with the new car 488. 
be easy to say that AF Corsa maybe their focus this weekend is getting the 55 into a good position, but the 51 has had a good result at Silverstone and then just have been a little bit off. How do you see you and Matteo and Peter Mann going this weekend? And is, is there a real target to get the 51 car into the championship standings more so? I think like we spoke yesterday with Peter, uh, the, the target of this weekend is, of course, like everyone, to to be on top no? we, we will try everything uh, I think we don't have to think about the championship just to score a maximum point just if we score the maximum point we will be able to think also about the championship for a future if we finish third and fourth uh, the championship will be over and just finally I need to talk about yesterday evening's press conference at 5.30 because Gerard Nouveau announcing that European, European Le Mans series goes from strength to strength. They will now be three-day weekends instead of two, remaining at the four-hour race uh, duration, but also support races, which I think is important, and six rounds now, Spa added to the championship. Is, is that important from your perspective? Yeah, it's really important, and also with some more race, uh, two race more, will be more close to the WC in terms of format, uh, and also for... For a gentleman driver, it will be will be good. Probably have also more driving time before the race. I think is a is a good idea. Spa a good addition. Sorry, is Spa a good addition to the championship? I mean, clearly a you know historical circuit, Grand Prix venue, but a great challenge for a driver. Yeah, always when you are in Spa, you feel something of different than another track. Is one of my favorite race track, but you. Spa is like unique and my favorite racetrack is Spa, Spa, Mugello and a lot of American circuit because I, am, I enjoy a lot when you drive in some circuit where you are able to make a difference not like in the go-kart track uh, like we have also in Europe now and also this one is really nice because it's really safe you have run off fire and you are able also, if you make a mistake, to be back. And this is good. I did a lot of tests here and I feel like at home also here at Ricard. Well, Andrea, I, whatever happens, there seems to be entertainment value that follows you through the European Le Mans series. So from a personal point of view, I'm very much looking forward to you in the race later on. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man.